Hello, and welcome to the AK-47 podcast. My name is Kristen Godsey, and today is March 8th, International Women's Day. And I am recording this podcast from Sofia, Bulgaria. So today I'm going to do something a little different. Uh, rather than reading Alexandra Kalantai, I'm going to read a piece by one of her very close colleagues and friends, the German Clara Zetkin. This is a article that was published in February of 1922. It's called the International Communist Women's Day. And I chose it because it's actually a reflection on a Congress that is taking place in Moscow. And the motion to celebrate Women's Day everywhere on March 8th was actually put forward by Bulgarian comrades. So in honor of being in Bulgaria, I thought it would be nice to read this piece by Clara Zetkin. Obviously, Kalantai is always in the background here. Kalantai and Zetkin were very close. They actually attended the 1910 Congress together in Copenhagen, where they decided to create the International Women's Day in the first place. But before I read this, I wanted to share a little bit more exciting news about my forthcoming book, Everyday Utopia. The first piece of news is that there is now a confirmed Japanese translation. So in addition to the Dutch and German translations, it will also be coming out later this year in Japanese. And that's in addition to the American and the UK versions. But the other really exciting thing is that I got a much-coveted starred review in Publishers Weekly, which is another one of these pre-publication reviews that is really important for helping booksellers and libraries and people who deal in books decide whether or not to to stock the book. It can it can make or break a book if you get one of these early kind of rave reviews. And having a starred review in Publishers Weekly is really a wonderful gift. I'm so incredibly grateful to the reviewer who really understood what I was trying to do in the book. So that's been really wonderful. And I am excited, but also very nervous for this book to come out on May 16th in the United States and May 18th in the United Kingdom with the translations to follow. All right. So that's my news. And I'm going to read the International Communist Women's Day by Clara Zetkin from February of 1922. I'm, I'm abridging the article here a little bit. Storms of enthusiasm greeted the motion of our Bulgarian comrades and the resolution of the Second International Conference of Communist Women at Moscow to celebrate Women's Day everywhere on March 8th, the day which previously was observed only by our Russian comrades. Hearts beat wildly, eyes had a far-off look, and the will to do dauntlessly rose supreme. Memory flew back to the fact that it was the monster demonstration of the Petrograd proletarian women for peace and liberty, which on March 8, 1917, ushered in the Russian Revolution. The knowledge and the will of the 82 representatives of the communist women of 28 nationalities formed them into a great unified resolute body. 
Our International Women's Day this year must become a giant recruiting of the broad masses to communism, and it must be an irresistible battle cry against the bourgeois order and for the seizure of power by the proletariat. It must show that we communists not only will, but also can act. Now is the time to swear our silent but binding oath in order to make the will a living deed. The present hour binds thereto. What the capitalists begin in one country nationally, they continue internationally. The effort to set up again and fortify for all times the capitalistic economy, which is torn apart and decayed because of the world war and its after effects. Not due to the strength of this historical economic system, no indeed, merely at the cost of the bloody exploitation and most rigorous enslavement of the proletariat, the producing people. The bourgeoisie of all countries has shown during its imperialistic war and in the years that followed that it has neither the capacity nor the will to manage for the general good the fabulous forces of production which have been developed under its rule. It can only paralyze them and neglect them through the misery of crises and the crimes of war and bring them to destruction and ruin. Capitalism cannot, like the traditional phoenix, rise from the flames and ashes of the world war into a new life, rejuvenated. It is weak when it comes to chain the chaos that it has unloosed, but it is really powerless to cause a new, higher, material and cultural existence for all blossom from the ruins." It can go on in a humdrum way with the result that it will transform a minority of millionaires into billionaires, satisfied idlers overfed with culture and bread and triflers with scientific, artistic, and social merit into squandering degenerates. In the midst of the terrible distress and the bitter struggles of the times, this assurance will give to the International Communist Women's Day an unflinching strength and a flaming enthusiasm which will attract and recruit the masses. It will forge the unyielding will of millions to fight and conquer capitalism. For this will, and only this will, can kick into the grave capitalism whose process of decay fills the air with poisonous putrid bacilli and the nauseating breath of pestilence. Should this active and self-sacrificing will be lacking, then capitalism can vegetate more extensively, although it has been sentenced by history. The price for this will be paid by the exploited and oppressed wage slaves and by the taxed and ruled producing classes outside the ranks of the Junkers, the captains of industry, the rulers of the stock exchange and their illegitimate but nevertheless natural brothers, the speculators and profiteers. And this price will be recorded in history with blood and tears as a crushing defeat, the destruction and death of whole proletarian armies. The communist women were conscious of all of this when they adopted their resolution in Moscow for the International Women's Day. 
Today, they are conscious with a greater clarity and a stronger power of resolution of how to prepare for this demonstration. The International Communist Women's Day must also answer the question of destiny, which stands full of responsibility and sacrifice, but nevertheless hopeful and blessed before the men and women of the producing classes of all countries, patient, humble satisfaction with dirty and blood-dripping capitalism, or a resolute fight for its destruction. The answer to this question must be clear and distinct, without any twistings and turnings with buts and ifs, and millions of women and men must answer it. The liberation of workers can only be the work of the working class itself. It can never accomplish this gigantic and terrible work of history, however, if it is torn in two halves by the sex distinction. As the men and women of the proletariat are a united body and soul in their crushing life of misery, so must they also unite a burning hatred of capitalism with a more confident, more daring will to fight for the revolution. The International Communist Women's Day must not remain only a women's demonstration in any town or country. It must everywhere be the expression of the will and the work of the entire Communist Party. The latter must support our Women's Day with all its physical and moral strength. The power, the character, the tenor, the goal of our Women's Day should make the necessity for it as apparent and self-evident as the existence of every party in the Third International. Dare we forget that we are communists? Communism binds. Our place is in the struggle with the capitalistic monster, in the work and fight of the far-off, sunshine-filled edifice of communism, in which everybody will find a home of the greatest humanity, men as well as women. Just as in the fight for complete humanity, we must fight for the things concerning men as well as those concerning women. Before our thoughts and will stands a great gathering of millions of all the exploited, the enslaved, the suffering and oppressed, and the one great sublime common cause which calls them to fight. Here the proletariat longing for a fuller life, there the bourgeoisie yearning for gold and power. Here, socialism. Communism developing people as the creators and enjoyers of culture into perfect, happy human beings. There, capitalism uses people as the material for profits, besmirches them, lowers their standard of living, cripples them, and grinds them down. With this conviction, the International Women's Day is to win the broad masses for the fight in the cause of communism. Men and women without distinction. The memory of the glorious deed of the Petrograd working women on March 8th shall wave over our Women's Day like a blazing banner, which points out the way and kindles our courage. Moreover, as a recruiting force for the Communist Party of every country, for communism, for the Third International, the demonstration will continue during the week of March 5th through 12th. It is to carry the spark of thought by which the act of emancipation is kindled into the depths and to the remotest little corner inhabited by people whose humanity is ground down by capitalism in its profit mill. With this aim in view, our demonstration will speak in a brazen voice of the sufferings and fate of countless women, 
It will also speak of untiring labors and bitter poverty, of consuming cares and miserable wretchedness, of injustice and unappeasable ardent longings, of the brutal obstinate power of men and the inflexible daring and defiant revolutionary will of the exploited. Does not capitalism stick to the heels of the working woman from the gray dawn of morning until late at night in order to squeeze out of her flesh and blood, and from her often with double cruelty and unscrupulousness the riches with which it wishes to pay for its ravages in the world war and for its future destructive existence. The rising cost of living, intensified by profiteering and high taxes, tear the piece of dry bread from her mouth. Her earnings or those of her husband are decreasing, and no skillfulness, no ability protects her from unemployment. The working day is growing longer. The burden, the torture, and the danger of work is increasing. The employers, insolent and challenging under the protection of the state, are destroying the poor beginnings of legal protection for the wage-earning proletarian women, for the children, the half-fledged sons and daughters of the producing class. The exploiting capitalist wants to hold his own on the market and demands bigger profits. Unfeelingly, he tramples underfoot all consideration of the fact that the woman who is continuously employed, the housewife of the factory worker, of the civil service worker, of the hand worker on the small farmer, is a wife, a mother, and a person. And under this sacred gold hunger of the individual capitalists, there stands today the consciousness of the whole capitalist class that the existence of its exploiting and ruling power is at stake. Therefore, money in lavish abundance to protect and support this power with bayonets and machine guns. On the other hand, if it is a question of making provisions for mother and child or of social institutions and measures which would make easier the lot of the crushed housewife and mother whose duties are double and tripled, absolute poverty. On the one hand, in the name of democracy, there is privilege and a strengthening of power for the rich, even if they, as drones, hinder society. On the other hand, there is a withholding of political and social rights for working women, who with hands and brains promote the welfare and the culture of the community. Bound also by the chains of sex slavery, the lot of the working woman as a victim of class slavery is doubly hard. The International Communist Women's Day begins on March 5th. Rosa Luxemburg's birthday. The life work and the good example of this intrepid, genial immortal among whose body was mutilated by murderous hands, but whose spirit lives immortal among us, will be a column of fire to light and show us the way. March 8th is the day on which the women told the bell of the Russian Revolution in 1917. The manifestation of will, the decisive rallying cry to fight by the international proletariat must be the answer to Genoa, the demonstration of the international counter-revolution. And women will fight with honor and glory in the front ranks of a united revolutionary front. 
their international day must build a strong proletarian armed force against the counter-revolutionary intriguers of capitalist power and their political flunkies. Women brought the king and the National Assembly from Versailles back to Paris on October 5th and 6th 1794, the funeral procession of the absolute monarchy and the feudal state, and the triumphal procession of the revolution. Our hard times, in which the freedom and even the barest existence for the proletarians of all countries are at stake, are a great period in which the world reaction and world revolution are preparing for armed conflict, should find no insignificant female sex, no illusion, and no fearful and faint hearts. Let us prepare for the fight. Let us go into the fight earnestly and fearlessly. Okay, so that is an abridged version of this article, which was published in February 1922, as Zetkin and Kollontai, obviously, and other women in this communist international women's movement are trying to create a unified women's day that will bring together both men and women out onto the streets across Europe in order to show the forces of counter-revolution, basically the capitalist classes, that they are a united front against the continuation of capitalism. Now, of course, we all know that socialism did not come anywhere in Europe after 1917. There was an uprising in Hungary, there was a Finnish civil war, but everywhere where there were worker uprisings in the aftermath of the First World War, the capitalists did manage to hold on to power, which eventually brought us fascism and brought us the Second World War. And it's only after the Second World War that you begin to have other countries around the globe adopting the socialist ideology and the socialist idea that men and women should work together to fight against capitalism. So it's really interesting to read Zetkin's words because it's so clear where so many of Kalantai's ideas came from. They both share this conviction that that there should not be a separate women's movement. They're also both very much committed to supporting the communist revolution. And I think it's very important that March 8th, this day that has become International Women's Day, is in fact, from this piece at least, it's clear that it is in recognition of the role that women played in the February Revolution. Of course, it gets confusing in Russia because... February Revolution is the old Julian calendar, which is the Russian calendar, and in our calendar, the Gregorian calendar, March 8th was the day that the women marched. And so the reason, interestingly, that we celebrate International Women's Day on March 8th is very much in accord with this recognition of the role that women played in Russia in bringing down the Tsar in the February Revolution in 1917 which led to the provisional government and then eventually led to the Bolshevik revolution in October, 1917. So that's it for today. I want to wish everyone out there listening a very happy International Women's Day. And I hope you've had the opportunity to celebrate with your colleagues or bring women in your life flowers, or basically generally just recognize that this is an incredible and important holiday internationally for women's rights Thanks so much for listening, and as always, keep up the good fight.